The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across him. Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is Give and Go episode 19 live from Los Angeles. That is right. I am all the way out here in Hollywood. I cannot believe it. The first episode from LA, and we're so incredibly excited to be here with you all. Uh, Girls Soccer Network continues to bring you all of the latest content, news, analysis, lifestyle, everything that you can use to better yourself, we've got it for you. Again, go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network and on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. We also have a Facebook page and YouTube as well. So make sure you know you go there. We've got so much great stuff coming out right now. And of course, if you want to listen to this podcast, you can go uh, make sure you let Siri know to play Give and Go, play your newest podcast, play the episode, uh, the first episode of the show, however you want to do it, that's how you can do it. Just but ask Siri. Save yourself a whole lot of extra work. Okay, so much to discuss. It is that time of year. Less than a month away from the World Cup, we will have the roster selection plus their recap of the match against South Africa that just went down. And then, of course, NWSL, so much going on in that whole world. But first, we'd be remiss to mention, happy Mother's Day. And to all the mothers out there, you know, you deserve everything, all the love and attention and gifts and respect that you deserve. You do so much for families out there. And to my mama, happy Mother's Day. Um, you know, love her to death. So... It's a special day to be doing this. It's it's always a special day when you have sporting events for um, that are on days like today. It definitely takes on a whole new meaning. So um, today was a special day for just sports in general and to see what it was like out there. Great turnout at Levi Stadium for the United States against South Africa. But first, before we get into how things went in that, we will move to the overall selection of the team. Very, very interesting decisions made by Jill Ellis. You know, obviously, some of the surprising names, Morgan Bryan, Ali Krieger, and Ali Long get in over Casey Short and McCall Zerboni, two players who had been seeing a lot of time with Jill Ellis at camp, but in the end were not given the nod O'Brien must have done something. We've got the inside scoop. Um, hearing from some people inside Chicago that based on how Mo Brian did in one of her recent games, that was enough for her to get the call from Jill Ellis, which is saying a lot. Also a tremendous risk because we saw what Morgan Bryan was doing against France and didn't look like herself, didn't look like she could play at that level, at the level that she previously was at before. So that's going to be a tough situation to monitor. Um, 
so you know it just it's it's so surprising to see Ali Krieger I don't mind the addition right it's it's okay because again we have yet to see anyone at right or left back be a true right or left back and be slotted in again we saw Kelly O'Hara play right back and Crystal Dunn play on the left pick a side Joe can we pick a side can we get some kind of semblance here because that's really going to be the one issue that we all know as we get to the World Cup that will be their downfall if they do not get it sorted so yeah, just an unfortunate situation for Casey Short, McCall's Zerboni. Obviously, Casey Short has been overcoming a ton in terms of injuries, and McCall really has been fighting for legitimacy and just respect her entire career. And really being able to get the call-ups that she did at her staging of career was was definitely not nearly as common, but she earned them. And then, unfortunately, for her to not be in the side was a tough a tough one. But for her to be there, that level of leadership presence fiery passion you need some of that in the locker room when things aren't going well someone to rally the team and get them fired up and and for her to kind of be the only other number six in that team when Juilliard plays with reckless abandon and is at risk of getting hurt it's going to be tough it's going to be tough to see how you know who is going to fill in if things don't go well uh we have a deep, as deep a talent pool as any nation, but using the right pieces and the right combinations, it's almost as if Jill, Jill Ellis has far too much to play with. Ali Long also getting in, despite, you know, not necessarily playing with the team as much as recently as you would have hoped. But Jill Ellis's explanation, and we were able to sit in on a media conference call with Jill Ellis and the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, you know, kind of, there are some of some of their PR people, and we have some audio of Jill Ellis and what her thoughts were um, regarding why she decided to go with a player like Ali Long instead of Zerboni, and why Ali Krieger instead of Casey Short. I wanted to start by asking about uh, Morgan Bryan, Ali Long, and Ali Krieger. Um, just those three, I think, have played a combined about a thousand minutes total uh, since the start of last year. I'm just wondering what went into to those three choices, but then also, do those three cases say anything about the the larger philosophy that you 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 were, you were trying to employ as you put together this roster? Um, yeah, I mean, I think specifically, you know, of recent they may have played however many minutes you alluded to, but you know, I think their combined experience obviously is is vast. Um, I think you know a couple of them obviously with Ali Long and and, and Morgan. Have uh, you know? I've been battling some injuries over the past, I'd say, three or four months. Um, I think you know part of it was looking at which way those players were trending in terms of return to fitness, return to play. Um, as it relates to, to Ali, you know, I think I've, I've spent a lot of time looking at, uh, at depth in the back, and I think with you know with with uh, Kelly O'Hara just sort of again in a return to play mode, I think the importance of experience in that back line. Um, Certainly, in an event this big, comes into play, and you know what I know about Ali Krieger is it's not no moment is ever going to be too big for her. And I think as a coach, when you get down to this point, the the psychological piece is also a, a part of of your consideration when you when you look at players. So, you know, I think they're all uh, players that have experienced big moments, um, know what it takes, have lived in those moments, and uh, you know, I feel I feel good about where they are in terms of. Uh, their, their physical return and, and obviously, you know, their, their play and their form uh, in terms of working their way back. 
That's right. You you might have heard her say the big game experience, and that's really the thing that stood out to me. Well, where were those players before? Why are they such big game players that they can step in at any game and, and at any time and all of a sudden do the job? Because that's you're asking a lot for them to, to just magically bring it together. And, and we saw in the first half of this game against South Africa that it, it looked a little slow, it looked a little sluggish, and that's how it tends to go for this team. When they when they have time off and they kind of got to shake all the rust off and it didn't look as efficient in that first half as it could have against a, a team that defended really well. But... Yeah, for Jill Ellis to really say that she believes that there's a ton of depth at at the back defensively, um, you know that 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 was an interesting statement to make, considering none of them are are really true defenders. Who, who, they're all more than half of them are converted players. We also have some audio from that press conference of Jill Ellis talking about having the depth at these positions among the players who. Didn't quite make it on McCall Zerboni and Casey Short. I was wondering if you could address the, the two of them, given how much time they spent in the national team program over the last couple of years, and with Short in particular. Uh, you know, Dunn's the left back, but Short having so much experience there, who else do you expect to play at left back other than Dunn? Yeah, um, well, I'll start with that part of it. Uh, I think, you know, we played Tierna as a left back. I think Kelly is, um, you know, has played left back probably even you know, over time, more than more than Crystal in terms of the program, and obviously with her club teams as well, she's played left back. So, I think we have um, we have depth there. Um, those players, yeah, those were very very hard decisions to make. Um, those last you know few positions were were tough, and a lot of things came into play. Um, and they did everything they possibly could to, to make make it hard. Um, but ultimately, you know, the conversation turns towards the players that are selected and. Um, and I feel, I feel good about the depth we have, I feel good about the versatility, but also those players have been a massive part of our preparation to date, and uh, you know, give them full credit for that as well. The other great story is probably Jessica McDonald getting the call up. A, a great Mother's Day story for her longtime mother in this league who has been working so tremendously hard to get to this point, and she, of course... You know, we heard during the South Africa broadcast that she was just brought to tears when she got the call from Jill Ellis, which is which is special. It really is. Um, it's uh, you can only describe what that moment is for a player like that who's been through the injuries, the ACL tears, the being discarded by team after team, and then you get the opportunity. You know, as a veteran at, at the later stages of your career, it, it's got to be special. So that's a great story. We'll see if she is even used by Jalelis, whether she gives them a nice little wrinkle off the bench in terms of being able to create a goal out of nowhere with her level of athleticism, pace, and finishing ability. So she could find her way into the team, you know, especially in those group stage games against Thailand and, and Chile. So we'll, so we'll see how J-Max World Cup goes. But otherwise, the, the rest of the team seems relatively standard. You look down the roster, right? The three keepers were the same. Davidson, of course, gets the nod um, to be there with Dahl Kemper and Sauerbrunn. And then O'Hara, right? Pew, Mewis, um, all the usual suspects here um, other than, you know, Mo Bryan and Ali Krieger and Ali Long. So the, those last couple players, are, it's always going to be under, de- under debate who came so close uh, who got left 
uh, on the bubble who got snubbed, and that's pretty much what happened here for Short and, and McCall Zerboni. But they will still be a welcome sight going into, you know, going into Chicago and going into, you know, the team, the NWSL teams that they play for. They'll provide a tremendous amount of value, tremendous amount of value to their teams. So Zerboni in, in North Carolina and Casey in, in Chicago. Based, however, based on how Jill Ellis picked this team and based on how she sounded in the press conference, here are my takeaways. You're most likely looking at one of the tougher paths to, to try and go back-to-back, to, back, to do this again. And it's going to be incredibly difficult to go back-to-back. Back. It's been done, but you have to have a real great mentality. And I'm not sure that this team necessarily has it. Because I don't think they have the level of confidence that they need to have as a group together in, in order to get the job done. I don't, I don't think they're at that point yet. Um, you're looking at a potential match with France in the quarterfinal and England in the semifinal. Uh, two teams that have proven to do very well against the United States. And I think I can't say with confidence that the United States are going to get this done. I, I can't say it. I think... I think both France and England pose plenty of problems, and it's going to take a lot for this team to all of a sudden just turn it on and say, "Yep, we got it. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna make it happen." So we'll see how this goes for the U.S. Women's National Team at the World Cup. But 26 days away, and again, we've got way more World Cup coverage coming up right now um, in just a couple minutes. First, of course, we move to the NWSL. We saw some great action in NWSL Week 4. The Spirit continued their dominance over Sky Blue. Nine straight wins. They just seem to have their number. Both keepers have been two of the busiest in the league coming in. Aubrey Bledsoe and Shay- uh, Kayleen Sheridan. Sheridan's gone uh, for World Cup duties with Canada. Um, I believe Bledsoe was still there in net. Was named... Player of the week last week for making nine saves. So she's been, again, one of the best keepers. The Spirit looked really good in this one in terms of their movement, in terms of their passing. Chana Matthews, who could be an important figure for Jamaica at the World Cup, uh, had her finishing boots on today uh, in, in that one against Sky Blue. So we'll see how it goes for the spirit if they can continue to do so Jordan DiBiase with a great finish as well so something for Washington to build on unfortunately it's against Sky Blue they need to be able to do this against the better competition in the league as well they can't just only do it against Sky Blue otherwise they're going to be a bottom of the table side and we'll see what they can do in order to take it to the next level Sky Blue doing what they did last year, pretty much. Playing teams incredibly close, but not getting the results they needed. They're just not able to score enough, you know. They kept the courage out, nil-nil. That deserves a round of applause. What a great effort for what they were able to do to keep the courage nil-nil, but then allowed three to the spirit. So that, you know, a tough situation there. You score twice. Savannah McCaskill's back, and Monty Dorsey scores a lot to look forward to for Sky Blue, but still unable to get the results that you need. So that, that was a tough one to lose after doing really well against Sky Blue. Utah was at the top of the table, unbeaten, uh, with 3-3, three and three, all 1-0 wins. But Houston looking really good. 
as dangerous as ever to Rachel Daly goals. Utah had yet to concede all season, so that really speaks volumes to what Houston has been able to do to be able to penetrate that specific Royals back line. Again, no no Becky Sauerbrunn, but still, it's one of the best defenses in the league, and you're going to expect them to, to be like that all year long and play that style under Laura Harvey. So Houston to get a result. Those are the games they're going to have to win if they want to make the playoffs. That is the, Those are the types of games against this high-level opponent that the Dash have been unable to win in the past. And if they can do that, they are lining themselves up great, very nicely for, for, a, for a playoff spot before you know the World Cup starts. Portland and Orlando. What a game that was. Orlando really started to play with a far greater sense of urgency and really started to, you know, got off on a got off to a great start with the goal, but once again, when you have younger players in there and you're asking them to do a job, it's going to be tough tough sledding for any team. And that same defense that got them going was the same defense that was their downfall in the end. Three goals Portland responded tremendously well, and uh, yeah, more misery for the Orlando Pride. It's going to continue to be like that for for quite some time. So we will see. Portland, of course, going to consistently be there near the top, and then Orlando. It's only going to get worse from here. It's not going to get any easier with all the stars about to go away. They still couldn't win with Marta and Van Egmond and some of those other players in the lineup. They still couldn't get it done. So it's going to be a tough, tough season for Orlando. And as we speak, the Courage have about as good of a team as they can have out there, yet they are losing to Chicago. Could this be their first loss of the season? Could this be the moment where the Red Stars get that moment of belief that they need to, to win this title? Because that really is what it's going to come down to here. If they, if they can truly get over this hump, it'll be such a lift mentally to know, okay, we finally got them. We know what it takes to beat them, and we were able to finish the job. For it to be 2-1, it's critical that the Red Stars hold on and, and, and get this win over Courage team that still has so many, so many great players in it. Now a word from our first sponsor, Striker Elite. Based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Striker Elite develops confident, creative, and elite players in soccer and for life. After instructing players seeking to play at the highest level, Coach George Nahorski quickly recognized the need for an environment that helped these players excel at a rapid pace. That's where the creation of an academy that would specialize in training soccer players was born. Focusing on player development, the curriculum at Striker Elite emphasizes technical skills, tactical awareness, mental toughness, character, leadership, and confidence. They currently have U.S. Development Academy, ECNL, ODP, and college players at Striker Elite, as well as aspiring players seeking to play professionally. Striker Elite trainers are qualified and have extensive playing and coaching experience. Whether you're a club player looking to take your game to the next level and become a college or professional player, they will help you fulfill your goals. They provide elite one-on-one training, partner training, small group and team training, plus elite camps. For more information, go to www.strikerelitesoccer.com. Again, based out of Vegas, 
Um, they've been doing great work with Girl Soccer Network. Tuesday Touches continues to blow up. So make sure you check out that partnership on Instagram as well. Okay, so we get to the second portion of our World Cup preview. We are taking you through groups C and D. Now I must uh, go back and remind myself that in the last episode I talked about the top two teams advancing from each group. While that is correct, there is an opportunity, as per new rules, that the four best third place teams will also advance. So going back to last week, I decided to right not only I, I believe I have South Africa getting out of that group um, in Group B with Germany, but of course the Chinese should come out as the second team in that group as well. So that's one change I need to make to this World Cup preview. And then in the in, with Group A, France and Norway still remain my one and my two, but I do think Nigeria will have what it takes to be that other third place team in that group. So though that makes six out of the 16 moving on we start with group c that features australia italy brazil and jamaica the reggae girls of course we start with the matildas seven world cup appearances but have never gone past the quarterfinal stage is this their opportunity to go further the matildas truly have a chance to go far in this competition we know what they're capable of we know what sam kerr brings to the table caitlin ford is an X-factor if she can play at the level that she's at. Ellie Carpenter on one side. You have such youth combined with such experience. Alana Kennedy, Emily Van Eggman, Claire Polkinghorn, Elise Kellan-Knight. I mean, they have so many great, talented midfielders and, and just players across the board. Of course, Lydia Williams in the net. Uh, this team has a tremendous amount of overall depth. The question is, how far can they go under... Ante Milicic, who was a longtime manager of the men's youth Australian national teams, like the U20 and U23 teams. Um, he's worked at this level before, maybe nothing like a Women's World Cup, but a tremendous opportunity here for him and this team. I have them going to a semifinal. We'll see if they can make it that far. Next up, the Italians making their third appearance at the World Cup. They made it to the quarterfinals back at the first competition in 1991, but they have not had much World Cup experience since. Only one player on their roster plays outside of Italy with everyone else playing locally in the Serie A. Daniela Sabatino is the key player to watch who plays for AC Milan women. Uh, she scored some outstanding goals at, at the last European competition, um, UEFA Euro. So I like them to surprise, and, and really I think people are... That's another team that's flying under the radar. I, I like them to be the second team out of this group. So we'll see what the Italians can conjure up in, in a group that is totally winnable. So I like the Italians to be the second team out of this group. Brazil, and I know I mentioned before the top, you know, the top four third place teams. I still think Brazil will somehow be one of them, even though they are totally trending down. We saw it in the, in the Tournament of Nations, but they've lost nine straight international matches, 10 of their last 11. So it's been very, very, granted that's against the best competition in the world, but if you're Brazil and, and you have an expectation of, of being a world champion, it's not going to happen with this group, unfortunately. It's just not. Marta, Debinha, and Andresinha are the three focal point players, right? But... The fact of the matter is, Formiga is coming back at age 41. 
is going to be the first player ever to play at seven World Cups, but when you haven't found a replacement for someone like her to at least groom to get ready for when Formiga does step away, it goes to show that the overall infrastructure for Brazil in terms of youth and, and, and being able to replace who they need to replace, uh, it's been tough for the Brazilians. Very tough. So I do not expect them to, to go as far as people may have them going. They, they could even potentially not even make it out of the group stage. I do think they will be the third, third place team. Uh, to come out of the group. So yeah, the first three, I have a third place team, but we'll see as how this goes. It's going to be an interesting system. I have a feeling gold difference and fair play rankings and, and world rankings based on where these teams are will have some kind of a factor to determine those uh, criteria. So we'll see which, which teams get out of this group. But uh, Brazil will, will be a polarizing team for, for better or for worse. Okay, we move to Jamaica, the last team in Group C. What a story the reggae girls was. Um, for them to make their first ever World Cup, uh, one of our writers, Hannah, actually spoke with Chigelu Asher, who is a 25-year-old American-born Jamaican international, grew up in Maryland, but is played her collegiate soccer at Louisville and Purdue, had various stints in professional leagues, but is now playing in Norway. Uh, been playing with the reggae girl since 2015 and has made 20 appearances. She will likely be a featured player on this roster. So here what she has to say on what it felt like for this team to make it to the World Cup through penalty shootout, but also the her thoughts on Group C. And I need to... Um, note that I'm currently experiencing some chills right now being <laughs> taken back to that game because like you said it was uh, you know anxiety inducing it was a little bit chaotic mentally um, but yeah so we had a lot of chances during the game I think to um, change the score but um, yes it led to, to PKs like tournaments love to do um, and I just remember I was on the sidelines, um, next to Lauren Silver, number two, and our goalkeeper, Sydney, and we were both just, like, huddled together, and, um, just, like, I'm trying to remember how many PKs it was that, um, Nicole saved, but, like, every single moment, we just, like, whispered and, like, huddled together, like, okay, like, she's gonna save this one, and boom, she saved it, and we're like, okay, she's gonna save this next one, boom, she saved, it was just, like, like, I, I can't even, I'm trying to even put, put together the right words, it was just, it was, like, an out-of-body experience, um, it was, like, everywhere was quiet, time uh, stopped <laughs> everywhere, except for the pitch, um, and then when, Dominique, uh, when Dom, she scored that penalty kick. I mean, we knew she, we knew it was going to go in. That's, that's just her. And we just all rushed the field. We did a dog pile. <laughs> I don't know if I've even done that before, but cross that off the bucket list. <laughs> and it was just euphoric. It was, it was, it was crazy. I mean, kind of like the first time for me that, 
you know, I've set a goal so far in advance and a goal that so many people, you know, probably your friends, like don't even think that's going to happen or you can achieve it. And when you finally reach that finish line and you say, Hey guys, like, look what, look what I did. And you can't even believe it yourself. Um, it was amazing. So you guys have been drawn into group B with, I believe, Australia, Italy, and Brazil. Uh-huh. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on the group? What a group, what a group. Um, I am super excited for my group. Um, yeah, I don't even know which direction I should go into, but I think every game is going to be really exciting to watch. Um, I love that um, Brazil is our opening game. I think I think a lot of people will tune into that. I'm excited to play against that style, against, you know, just super high-quality players. Who's going to wear the um, yellow? I'm sorry? Who's going to wear the yellow? Which uh, team? Who's going to wear the yellow? That's the biggest <laughs> question. We will see. Maybe we have to do a dance battle to figure exactly. that one out. I'm not well. sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for, for every single game. Um, it's going to be a, a completely different type of battle in terms of um, – like the style that each country is bringing. Um, I think, again, we're kind of an, an underdog again <laughs> in our group. Um, and I, I guess, you know, a lot of people are kind of just really satisfied that we qualified for the World Cup. Um, but I'd like everybody to know that don't put a period after that, put a dot, 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 because I, I really feel like there's some good things to come from, from our performance this year. So, Stay tuned. It's going to be entertaining. Again, that was Chinye Asher, and you heard her talk about what it was like. You can only imagine what that feeling is like to qualify for the first time ever for, for just your nation. and But to also beat Panama in a PK shootout like that, that's as dramatic as it gets. And of course, in terms of Group C, it will be a tough group. Jamaica has what it takes now. They've, they've got some professional players mixed in with college players and everything in between. We'll see if Bunny Shaw can create Shayna Matthews. Again, mentioned her earlier, doing really well with the Spirit right now. This team has some attacking options, and they can score. So it would be quite a story if they could get out of this group, but that's not likely given, unfortunately, given the overall talent and given how tough this group will be. But there's an opportunity, for sure. If they can get a good enough result against Brazil and against Italy, it can definitely happen if, if people are sleeping on the Jamaicans. Okay, Group D. We move to Group D, one of my favorite groups for sure. England, we start there, made five World Cup appearances. Their best ever finish is third place at the last World Cup. Can they build on that momentum and really take it to the next level? We'll see what Phil Neville has planned for this team, but they definitely seem like they've fully and truly gotten themselves into the right mindset in order to get themselves ready for what is to come. Um, again, they will likely have to go through that France-United States after the quarterfinal type deal if they get that far, but I'm telling you guys, England might be my pick to beat the United States and win it all. That I'm saying it right now. I truly do not believe that this United States team is going to get it all of a sudden, turn the switch on, and just have it. I think England is chomping at the bit for this opportunity. And I think they have the mentality and they have a belief that it can be done. 
when you have just such experienced players like Steph Houghton and Karen Bardsley, you know, that's so good. But also not just that. The overall talent level. This is probably England's best ever group of players talent-wise. Frank Kirby, Nikita Paris, Jill Scott, Lucy Stanforth. So many players that can do it from a variety of ways. Phil Neville has, um, you know, players to work with and really work on a system. So I really like England. I really, really do. So it's going to be an interesting pick for for when we get closer to that point. But I, I definitely like England to go far, if not win it all. Now England's first opponent in that group D will be Scotland. Their first ever World Cup appearance. You can imagine what that's like for this, you know, in the UK. It's going to be such a big match between the two sides. Um, what's impressive is, is how Scotland is going to, you know, do what they can to have the mentality of viewing it as just another game. But that's going to be tough to do for the fans. I don't th I don't expect the fan like, it's going to be a very, very well-covered match in, in the media in the UK is going to be all over it. So you can anticipate the fans to be just as into the match as well. Um, again, I love Scotland to pieces in terms of what the players that they have and what they do offensively. Kim Little and Caroline Weir are, again, two of the best in the business. And then Aaron Cuthbert um, of Chelsea can just, that girl is magic. One of my favorite players in world football today. Can they put it all together in a big major competition? That's going to be the key thing here for the Scots. I think they do get to the knockout stage as the last fourth place group. As the last, excuse me, not fourth place group, the the fourth team um, to finish third place and will have enough to get it done. They also have an, another tough task with Japan in this group. They will be fighting with England to be at the top. They have the technique on the ball, quality in the final third. Um, of course, they won this competition in 2011, made it to the final in 2015. So this this is a country that has some tradition, and they they really do go under the radar. They have the the composure to really kind of dust some teams off, take absorb the best shot from some other teams, and really then go on the attack and and, and score some goals. And then before you know it, you know you're in deep trouble and you're losing to Japan when you never would have expected to. We know Saki Kumaga is world class playing, you know, and one of the best teams in the world in Lyon. Um, but they have quite a bit of young talent too. We recall the United, you know, Japan in that tournament nations against the United States. Nine new players were called into the team. We'll see how many of them end up going with Japan to the World Cup. But regardless of who was in there, this manager has done very well to implement the system that they have in place. Last but not least, Argentina. Um, they aren't, they're fighting for so much more than just being at the World Cup. It's really for their own reputation in their own country. They've been involved in protests surrounding their conditions, the lack of pay that they've been going through, just really a lack of infrastructure overall. Any kind of result for them in this group would be a win for their program. We do have audio with Luana Munoz, a defender who's talking about the group that they're in 
and what their goals are as a team for the World Cup. Again, Hannah has more. Yeah, I mean our big our big uh, uh, goal in this uh, in this process was to get to the world like to get Argentina to a uh, World Cup. Again. Right, right. Uh, that's huge. And our big challenge in the World Cup is going to be compete, compete and see and and and, and I I'm telling you like com, com, confront the reality. Mm-hmm. We need to get like to get this process. Uh, like we we need to to, to go forward. So yeah. our next big step is going to be the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, try to from here to the World Cup improve and grow as a team. That's our big challenge. Yeah. Like step by step, you know. Uh, our next big name challenge is going to be a World Cup. Then we have Lima, the Panamericanos. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to improve as a team. We we really know that this is a process that is going to take a lot of time. So I think that our big challenge in here is to improve. We need from here to the World Cup, we need to know and we need to look back and say, hey, we improved. We are a better team now. That's our big challenge. Again, Luana Munoz was a, is just 20 years old in Argentina, grew up playing uh, in Buenos Aires, but then 18 moved here to the United States and played at Tyler Junior College, um, it's quite the story for her to, you know, you go from junior college to, to playing for Argentina, your country, at the World Cup. That's that's pretty special. And, and you heard her set a damper on expectations just a little bit, saying, you know, look, we fully understand how tough of a group this is, and all we can focus on and all we can do is is focus on getting better as a group. And that's a great mindset and a great way to look at it, and we wish them the best uh, in that group because it will be tough. They will likely be the last team in the group, but they can do what they can by putting together some really good performances and and really making uh, their their country proud. So we'll see how Argentina handles uh, handles this this World Cup appearance. Now a word from our second sponsor, Topical Gear. Topical Gear was formed in 2011 by a team of professionals from the orthopedic sports medicine field. Collectively, this team has over two centuries of knowledge in athletic training, biomechanics, product development, manufacturing, orthopedic sports medicine, arthroscopy, and the pioneering of products in the sports medicine market. Their team is constantly on the field or in the gym, getting feedback directly from players, parents, coaches, and athletic trainers as part of their continuing effort to develop products that help increase female athletes' performance while keeping them healthy. All of their products are backed by professional public research and tested by athletes at both the high school and college level. All you soccer players, parents, and other athletes out there, go to www.compressioninmotion.com and check out the T25 knee along with other shoulder and ankle We move to the final segment of episode 19, the social media and lifestyle portion of the show. Gina Lewandowski signs for Sky Blue FC. The former American spent seven years with Bayern Munich in Germany and was doing pretty well for the side. But, you know, Sky Blue could definitely use someone of her caliber and her experience in that locker room to go with Carly Lloyd because they have... And we know what Sky Blue has in terms of young experience, but 
they could definitely use a player like that to, to really strengthen and fortify their back line because they need help. They really do need some help. And um, we'll see what Lewandowski can bring to Sky Blue. In other news, uh, I don't know if you guys have, have noticed uh, Re, Reincorporated, which is a company created by Kristen Press, Megan Klingerberg, Megan, Megan Rapino, and Tobin Heath, really kind of their own story um, being told through through a company where they can, I guess, kind of control the narrative on, you know, how things are released through players, how, um, you know, really kind of providing a player's perspective clearly on, on just overall, not just social content, but all the different things that they're, that they're looking to do. So it's a very interesting project to definitely check out, um, in the, in the next coming months, it's supposed to come out in June, I believe. So that will be a very, very interesting, uh, project to, to hear about and see what it's all about. All right. Before we end episode 19, it's very important. We end the show on a positive note and talk about it being mother's day. You know, I can tell you firsthand as a mama's boy, I love my mama more than anything. And, and really, truly, women are the strongest. I truly believe that. It's so much stronger than, than what men are and what men can be. Um, women have to go through quite a bit more um, than men do on a, on a daily basis. I would definitely say that. They, they deserve to be treated with all the love and affection possible on a day like today. Um, to me, there's a bit of a reason why Mother's Day is a bit of a bigger deal you know, than, than Father's Day. They, they deserve that extra love for what they do. They always go the extra mile for their families. So um, to, to have that with, with my mom is special, and I hope that you all enjoy, have enjoyed this day with your mothers um, on Mother's Day, and uh, be sure to appreciate it as much as you possibly can. All right, guys, that's it for me. Episode 19 of Give and Go is in the books. I am your host, Rotas Rodera, and thank you guys for tuning in. Again, we are on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And again, check us out on Girls Soccer Network, www.girlssoccernetwork.com, on the Give and Go tab. All of that and all the latest content is on the website as well. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm going to be in L.A. for quite a bit. So here we go. Happy to be a part of it. Let's do it. All right. Episode 19 in the books. Peace out, guys.